Welcome to Fantasy Football BS with your hosts, Bryduck and the Snowman. This podcast is for all fantasy football players from your newbies to the most experienced players. This podcast is sponsored by Air Care Heating and Cooling, your number one air care heating and cooling provider in the Bay Area. In this episode, we'll be previewing all the games of the week, as well as giving you Bryduck and Snowman studs and duds of the week. So sit back and listen to this great content so you're the one dominating your league and hosting that fantasy football trophy at the end of the season. It's Bride Duck and Snowman. They come from San Man. They drop a little knowledge about the fantasy program. It's fantasy football. Mm. Division rivals player. Mm. Snowman's a Bronco while Bride Duck's a Raider. Yep. But that just makes for better bullshitting. <laughs> Two of the smartest football minds, so listen. A Raider in Fort Worth, a Bronco in the Bay. Bay. A mission to the top of the standings to stay. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Fantasy Football BS. I'm the snowman with my co-host, my Texas native and Las Vegas Raider rival over here, Bryduck. Man, we got an exciting one today. I just cracked open a beer. I I went to this brewery, uh, Bryduck, up up in Lodi. uh, It's called Five Window Beer Company. They had a nice little outdoor seating. I was able to be able to see, unfortunately, the Raiders winning. I was able to... Uh, also see my Broncos continue to roll, baby. Continue. Slight hiccup in the road last week, and then this week, boom, just stuck it to Herbert, and boom, I got to watch it while drinking some nice IPAs. I, I didn't mind the atmosphere. Man, or I think the Chargers and the Falcons uh, are like battling it out to see who can lose games the worst. I like mean, the, in the in the worst ways. It. Both of them have lost and f- found ways to lose. It's it's absolutely incredible. Todd Gurley continues to to do it. So yeah, well, hey, at least he's leading the league in uh, rushing touchdowns right now. So he's got that <laughs> going for him. <laughs> Who knows though, dude? I've been seeing these reports. I don't know if you're hearing it as well, but I've been seeing some reports now that Hill looks pretty decent in the backfield for him. That if Todd Gurley starts continuing to do these mental fumbles over here. That they're gonna start losing, he's gonna start losing carries to this hill guy. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I think it'd be hard to to put someone on your bench who's been as productive as he's been this year, you know. But yeah, I can see with uh, with their season pretty much being in the shitter right now, and them wanting to maybe check another player out and and give some people some opportunity. I can definitely see that here, you know, down the stretch of the end of the season. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely, absolutely. And my, the beer I'm drinking, by the way, that I was telling you about, Five Window, is a Golden State Haze, Hazy IPA, 6%. That's little Golden State out here for the Bay Area for us here. Nice, nice. I know when uh, when when Foos came out here to uh, Texas to visit a couple weeks ago, we went over to that brewery, man. You have to get Shannon? out here so you can go check out all these uh, these IPAs. Yeah, I mean, did you market us at all, or did you just sit there and just drink and look like idiots, or what? Uh, the latter. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's the more simple it, thing for you two to you? do. No, absolutely not. We got we got like three beers deep. My first beer I had was like ten percent, and literally it was mixed with coffee. So it was it was uh, like an ale and a coffee mix so it had caffeine in it so you got like drunk and hyped up at the same time so it was like a version i guess of like a vodka red bull but for for beer and uh it was pretty good man that sounds like something mac dre would like 
<laughs> Get, getting drunk and then getting hyped up at the same time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's actually a brewery out here. I'm going to stop by and, and pick it up probably here in the next couple weeks, but it's called Ultimate Brewing. Um, it's out here on the Ultimate in California. They have some dope beers. They have like Mac Drizzle beers. It's just all types of like cool. Uh, they got Dank Row Records instead of Death Row Records. Hmm. So they got some like cool labels and cool lo- looking beers. Uh, so I, I've been seeing a lot of posts by them. So I, I definitely want to check them out. But uh, going into what we're going to be talking about today, Bryduck, hit them up. Yeah, we got uh, Foose Clues on with the uh, the injury reports, and then we're going to be going over uh, the Q&A segment as usual, and then uh, also going to be covering our studs and duds for week nine. And uh, if you're on social media, Instagram and YouTube, follow us at FantasyFootballBS, on Twitter at FantasyFBBS, on all podcast platforms, you can find us at FantasyFootballBS. Uh, make sure that you guys go on there, like our channel, and subscribe to it so you know every time we uh, drop a new episode. And I got to quit. I mean, why do we even still have the foods joining us? Like, because this has now become like the best segment of our show. <laughs> just so we can. We're getting, we're getting so many people. We're dude. getting so many people hitting us up with the DMs now, man. It's been awesome. So I think it's definitely brought yeah, some, well, uh, definitely brought some life. Uh, and, and, you know, he's, he's, he's a knowledgeable guy, man. He's a knowledgeable guy. And, He's uh he's bringing some character to the show, so let's get this going. You're you're being you're being a little bit too nice, and I award you zero points, <laughs> and God may have mercy on your soul. So oh, don't worry, before, I won't be nice here in the next segment. But <laughs> before, as always, let's just give a nice shout out to our sound engineer. On and on we go, and not a minute lost. Prolific in your mind, no matter what the cost. Gotta keep it moving. Right, thank you to the sound engineer always hitting us up with the good tunes over here again as much as i rag on the guy but the foos welcome back to the segment out here for for foos clues again going over the injury reports some frustrations uh maybe some some pronunciation of some names which i'll fucking lose every time but uh it'll be fun to, to go through it all but again welcome the foos why don't you hit us up and, and get us started here that's right, gentlemen. It's the Foos. Back at it again for another segment of Foos Clues. All right, all right, all right. It's your boy, the Foos, back in the mix. How we doing, boys? Doing, doing good, good brother. brother. Doing good. I love it. We got a little uh, election night special, so we got a quick fire on you guys. Which oh, NFL shit. coach would you vote for? Real quick, starting off with you, Snowman. Which, to be the president? Yeah. Oh, man. Who's it going to be? Oh, man. I, I think easy. I would. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd probably go Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. 100%. <laughs> oh, brutal. 100%. I mean, Bill Belichick. I mean, I mean the yeah. dynasty that he put together with New England to, to run our country, I mean, I don't I don't see, I don't, I don't want a Shanahan running, that's for sure. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all about Bruce Arians right now, man. He's got the hat. He's got the look. He's incorporating new things. He's got some style. He's got some swag. I, I, would, I would vote Bruce Arians right now. Okay. I like okay. Bruce Arians. I can go with that. All right. All right. So before we jump in, I got to pull the Band-Aid off here. It's time for me to eat a little bit of crow. Uh, Duck, you know what time it is. I, I have maintained in the past that Jimmy G is a better quarterback than Derek Carr. I, let me throw some caveats out there. Jimmy G has been hurt. Uh, the O-line has been 
has been bruised and battered, blah, 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 blah. I just, I'm not sure I can stand, continue to stand on this statement. So I decided, uh, Bryduck, uh, it's time for you to jump on the soapbox and gloat for a, for a minute. Uh, I was wrong. You were right on that one. Right, right now, I cannot say that Jimmy G is a better quarterback than Derek Carr. Go ahead. Let me have it, bro. I will, I will start this off by saying I feel like this is terrible karma to, to down talk a guy who just got injured and is likely out for the rest of the season. But with that said, you know, these conversations were had pre-injuries, of course, uh, or pre-this injury, of course, and, you know, in previous years. Um, I've always stood by that Jimmy Garoppolo is wildly overrated, wildly overrated. And for all of my Niner fan friends at the beginning of this season who are trying to say Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback than Carr and that, you know, he's going to take you guys to the promised land, you know, I, I was just sitting there and I'm like, okay, here, let me, let me pull the stats right now on where Derek Carr currently sits and, and let this resonate here with the listeners. So Derek Carr currently has a better passer rating than Tom Brady, Drew Brees, a higher completion rating percentage than Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, more passing touchdowns than Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson, and a better touchdown interception ratio than Russell Wilson. Those are some very compelling stats here. Not to mention, he's got a higher completion percentage than Ben Roethlisberger. He's got almost 300 more passing yards than Ben Roethlisberger right now. Who the fuck is the guy throwing to? Who's he throwing to? Nelson Aguilar? Are you kidding me? Come on, guys. Come on. He, he's never had anybody other than the one year that he had with Crabtree and Cooper. That was the like one stint of where he actually had some some, you know, competitive wide receivers out there. But if you look at the Raiders and the time Derek Carr has been on that team, they rank dead last in defense, dead last in defense over the course of too. over the course of Derek Carr's career. So, I mean, if you look at the success the guy has had with that team, with what he's been given, I mean, you can't, you can't tell me if you threw him on a, any other team, throw him on, say, like the like a competitive team, like the Packers or like, you know, uh, the Colts or teams like those. You're not telling me that this guy would be leading those teams to the playoffs every year? Okay. Maybe the Packers was a bad example because it's not like Aaron Rodgers. Besides that's that's true. Adams. That's true. Because, yeah, <laughs> Rodgers like is playing out of his mind. They're just sick this year. <laughs> but, you know, like the Steelers. Like if Roethlisberger retires after this season and Derek Carr goes to the Steelers next year, I guarantee the Steelers are, are running deep into the playoffs with, with Carr at the quarterback. I, I also mean, love the implicit assumption that the Raiders are not a competitive team. I'm with it's you not, it's not, it's not, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. We haven't been, we had the one good year when Derek Carr broke his leg. And prior to that, we had like one good season with Jack Del Rio, you know, and then they got rid of him for, for Gruden. But prior to that, man, we hadn't been competitive since 2002, you know, in the past 18 years, we've had like three or four competitive seasons. It's been a fucking joke. So, I mean, the Raiders, the Raiders are going to be a, a wild card team this year. 
I mean, mean, they're adding the extra team into the playoffs this year for the AFC and the NFC, so it definitely gives some some hope. Uh, we're still a game back. You know, Broncos are starting to come out come out and start to play. You know, the Chargers are way better than their record. Um, you know, they have lost a lot of close games, as usual with the Chargers. They do it every year. Um, so, you know, the AFC West is a lot more competitive than what some of those records may indicate. It's not like the records in the NFC East where where that team that division should just be imploded and you know never brought back to the NFL. Let's just create four new teams for the NFC East because those are just all a joke. All right. I'm totally full on Crow. I've had all <laughs> all that I can take and uh, and this much Raiders talk is just poison for the ratings. So we're going to jump right into <laughs> the injury report. Here we go, gentlemen. Let's kick it off with everybody's favorite topic cmc he is doubtful uh but some notes some folks are saying he's expected to play this week what are we thinking with cmc i every i have him on one of my teams he's still listed as on ir he still needs to be activated off of ir as well as it went from the beginning of the week on monday he was projected to have 19 or 20 points and as of today zero points he's projected to have so my assumption is that he is still going to wait it out they have their bye week i i I was wrong they have their bye week later on but as well as davis is is doing for carolina i i don't see them wanting to to rush cmc back and i think they're just kind of waiting one more week before he is able to to come back officially and i have a i have a you know uh a great question with that to to go along there. So Mike Davis owners, CMC comes back. What are you doing? You holding on to him? You waiting and seeing if maybe there's a reaggravation of the injury? Um, what are you doing as a as a Mike Davis owner? I, I think you you try to sell him. Try try to sell him now. Uh, to see if you can get one more week out of a fantasy owner that is looking for that, or maybe a CMC owner that is looking to, to have that handcuff uh, just in case in those deeper bench leagues. But I mean, let's be real. It's, I don't think he's going to be, it's not going to be a Chubb and hunt situation where hunt is still going to get some volume. I still think that Davis will end up going and getting four, maybe five touches a game. And, and that's about it. I don't think, I think CMC is going to come in there and still get 20 plus touches. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think, I think the exact same. I mean, barring injury, I think Mike Davis then becomes, you know, you can't even hold on to him at that point. You know, the, the, if you're, if you have a deep bench league, um, like I know a lot of leagues this year, you know, created extra spots just because of COVID and things like that. So some leagues are a little bit deeper this year. If you can roster them, you know, hold on to them for sure. But in leagues like the league that you have, where you've got four bench spots, you're not holding on to Mike Davis. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. And I know Aaron Jones is kind of similar right now as well. Right. Because AJ Dillon, is on the COVID list. Now Jamal Williams for being in close contact is on the COVID list. So Aaron Jones, I, I, I don't see him playing. I see him sitting one more week, allowing him since they have a short week this week, giving him 10 days before he plays again and end up going to, to two random people that are 0% rostered on it in all leagues. Yeah. And what, what's the rule again? I forget what it is. They, if So if he is 
taken off of IR, he has to get in one practice to play? Yes. So he'd yes. have to practice at so least he would on have to, yeah. Friday in yeah. order to play on Sunday, correct? Yeah, which is what they're saying. Jordan Reed, they want to get him lifted so he could practice Wednesday to see if he can play Thursday. Got it, got it. Okay. All right, we started talking about CMC, ended up on Aaron Jones. I, I see you guys are going rogue a little bit on, on, uh, on the Foos Clues <laughs> section. We're going to bring it back. Let's reel it in, gentlemen. Let's reel it in. Uh, we're going to move on to Jonathan Taylor here. Uh, I'm seeing he's questionable. The notes are saying he's got a bit of an ankle injury. What are we thinking about for JT's ankle? What about your boy over here? What do you think, Brett? So, such a strange thing for the coach to say, right? So so they ask him, like, so first of all, the injury didn't even happen until, like, after the game or at the very end of the game. So, like, it's very strange kind of what may or may not have occurred there. Um, but when they, they asked the coach, his, his response was, he's got a bit of an ankle injury, but it's nothing to be concerned of. So that's that's, you know, telling me that, you know, maybe he got a little tweak and they, they played it cautious and, and decided to just, you know, hold him out there at the end or whatnot. But, you know, I think that if you're a, a Taylor owner, you just have to have to watch his uh, practice involvement this week. You know, if it's limited, if it's in full capacity, if he's practicing in full, you've got nothing to worry about. If he's practicing limited or not at all, then that's when you might start, you know, going over to the waiver wires and maybe trying to go pick up Wilkins um, as a replacement um, for the week. But I, I think I think with uh, Taylor, we're going to be OK. Yeah. And then if if hit, like and that's a great point, too, because if you watch it, if you still see uh, T.Y. out as well. Another one, Hines was definitely favorable to uh, Phillip Rivers this last week with Hilton being hurt. So if T.Y.'s hurt and J.T.'s hurt in those PPR leagues, Hines might be a good option because he is by far their better back when it comes to the the passing game. Did you see that crazy-ass flip Hines did in the end zone? Yeah, he's retardedly athletic. That was ridiculous, man. I was like, and he did it in like such a short uh, amount of like feet like he didn't like go and take off and like take a bunch of steps to do what he did there like he did that within like a three foot span it was incredible i was like wow that was very impressive <laughs> yeah no he he's he's dope i'm glad i dropped him uh, moving on him. here to chris carson uh, he is questionable week to week he was a game time decision and was ruled out at the very last minute last week uh what do we think for carson is he gonna play next week Man, I don't know. with Pete Carroll, you never know. So I, I was telling everybody way early on last week that DJ Dallas was gonna was gonna be the guy because as soon as you start reading some of these reports and seeing kind of how Pete Carroll's playing his games, you can kind of start to decipher what it is he's he's saying. Um, and in my opinion, when I was reading the reports last week on Hyde and Carson, and I was talking to Snow uh, a lot about it leading up to, to the game there, um, you know, it was just all signs were pointing to this kid, DJ Dallas, being like the workhorse. Uh, and then, you know, sure enough, as, as the week progressed, it started becoming more of a reality that that was going to be the case. Um, and with Chris Carson, it's just always hard to tell because, you know, Pete Carroll doesn't want to show his cards. He doesn't want to show people kind of, you know, 
the game plan or, or, you know, whatever it may be. So he's another guy you're going to have to watch this week and see if he's participating in practice at all um, up until Friday. If you don't see a full practice going into Friday, um, you know, I'm, I'm keeping DJ Dallas fired up or, uh, you know, maybe, maybe uh, Hyde if Hyde's ready to go. So, and a, and a point on that as well. So Friday teams are by 4 PM Eastern time. They're supposed to send in their final, injury report they do not need to declare on friday their their practice participation all they have to do is list them as questionable doubtful or out so that's what pete carroll did on friday with carson was he was did not practice all week and then all of a sudden friday he put questionable and which sent fantasy owners kind of in a crave of like what is he gonna do because on friday you do not technically, as long as you list them as questionable, you have until 90 minutes before the game to send in that report, whether he's going to play or not. And they had a 125 game, and you said we were talking about it. Yeah, and that's exactly what it comes down to, is it comes down to like literally them just figuring out you know, whether or not he's going to be good to go. Um, so I think that's what it, you know, initially is going to come down to for Carson is figuring out if he is going to be, you know, good enough with that foot injury or not. Yeah, no, abs- absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, no, keep that DJ Dallas because I mean, I dropped DJ and picked up Harris because I played it safe. I was scared. I, pl- I ended up playing Harris. Now, thank God Harris ended up having a, a good game as well. Not as great as DJ Dallas, obviously, but I, I still won in that league by 20 points, so it was fine. Yeah, so that worked out for you. Moving on to the wideouts here. We got uh, the guy that we know and love on this injury report, Michael Thomas. Here once again, uh, he is still questionable. It's a grade one hamstring. Do we think we're going to see Michael Thomas soon, next week, the week after, or should we just assume that he's not coming back uh, for our fantasy season? Man, what a nightmare. I mean, gosh, especially he should have been put on IR to begin with, with that high ankle sprain. That screwed over fantasy owners, and they just had to keep him on their bench. I mean, my wife still gets pretty pissed at me about Michael Thomas (laughs) 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 because she's had him this whole entire time. I don't know if he's going to play or not this week. It looks like he's going to, but again, with those hamstring issues, you you kind of want to stay away from that. I, I don't know if I expect too much out of him this week coming back with a hamstring issue. Yeah, and even if he does come back this week, he might be on you know what they call a, a pitch count or a snap count, um, meaning that they might try to limit how many snaps he might take. I mean, he's been out for... I mean, since week one, you know, so yeah. it's a ton of time that, you know, they're going to need to figure out uh, if he's going to be able to have the conditioning uh, ready to go, you know, if he's going to be ready to put that much strain back on that soft tissue injury. Um, so it's going to be interesting if I'm if I'm a Thomas owner. I, I honestly, I know how difficult it would be the week he comes back to keep him on your bench, but I honestly would just because I would be scared Agreed. of a re-aggravation or them putting him on a snap count and, and not utilizing him up to, you know, the full potential of what you're expecting. So you look at these projections, like we always say, don't always look at that. You got to look at, you know, what's underneath that and what's underneath that is a guy that's been injured all year long. And Jared Cook is finally healthy, starting to look a little bit better in that offense. And Emmanuel Sanders is now off the COVID list and is back as well. So now that 
he's getting another weapon in there, he very well could get that snap count, which if you're a Michael Thomas owner and you have Emmanuel Sanders, maybe you just stream Emmanuel Sanders for one week and, and drop him. Yep. Interesting take from, from Bryduck and the Snowman. If Michael Thomas is healthy, are we saying we don't start him? I, I, I'm not. I mean, unless, I he, unless he's a full participant in, participant in practice for an entire week leading up to a game and the coach, you know, comes out and says, like, he's had zero limitations in practice this week, I'm not, I'm not playing him that Sunday. Now, if it comes to a week where, hey, they're going to activate him, but he gets in one practice on Friday, uh, I'm, I'm going to be the guy that's – I'm going to be like, mm, no, nah, I, I think you hold off. Uh, so and you have to kind of figure it out. Yeah, so they're, they're Sunday night game, so I, I would I just keep him on the bench. Don't tell me Stephen A. Smith has a monopoly on hot takes. We got him here at Fantasy Football BS. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on here to my boy Kenny Galladay. Man, I've been trying That's to trade you for him all year, bro. I I have loved me some Kenny Galladay since he got healthy after the first couple of weeks. He's been killing it. Now he is back on this list, much to my chagrin. Is there any is there any hope? Is there any anything in sight for me? Any light at the end of the tunnel here, or am I just uh, back back to the pit of despair with Mister Galladay? He's oh, a guy man. that's just been plagued with injury over his you know young career, and you know you feel bad for the guy, uh, but he's not expected to play this week. And with a hip injury as a wide receiver, and having to be able to get in and out of those cuts, those breaks, you know all that, I, I anticipate him. I anticipate this injury being at least a, a if not you know two weeks, maybe three weeks. Uh, so I think you're you're out of the market with the Galladay mix, you know, for at least a, a few weeks here. Um, so yeah, he is definitely doubtful for this week. Yeah, and he's listed as week to week too, which really sucks. It's not even a day to day or let's see how we put. It's a week to week situation, which kind of indicates it could be longer than just the the one to two weeks. Yep, that one hurts, gentlemen. I'm not gonna lie, but not as much as this final one. My uh, my spirit animal George Kittle is is on the IR, looking like he's going to be out for eight weeks. As much as it pains me and Kittle owners to to hear, uh, do we need to drop George Kittle at this point? Is he is he done? Is there any chance he gets back earlier? What what's the prognosis? Sounds like he's done for the year. Yeah, drop him. Uh, he's I mean, at, he's we... at least done for your fantasy football year. Yeah. I mean, we're already in week nine here. I mean, even if you do do the stupid thing and have a week 17 game, you you should drop them. Yeah, because they're saying, they're saying minimum eight weeks. Um, so say he's out eight weeks from today. Uh, you're looking at coming back the last game of the season, um, and, and there will be no fantasy football at that point. And if you are, like Snow said, an idiot, and you have your championship in that final week like some – noob Noob. Uh, just a total noob move uh do not do that guys do not have your let me explain this to you guys let me go off on a tangent here because i think this happened to you last year snow or was it megan it did it happened megan I mean, it just cracks me up. Like, who are these commissioners? Have they never run leagues before? People, you don't have a championship in the final week of the season. Why? Because if you're on a team, if you have players on a team that are going to the playoffs, they're all resting that week. None of them are playing. They've already made the playoffs. Don't do it. Yeah, it it definitely sucks. And you screw over every you screw over everybody in the league. 
Yeah, because I think it, you it got to the her. championship and you guys had to bench like half your your league because you were like none of these people are gonna play. Yeah, because she had like Lamar Jackson, she had Russell Wilson, she had all these good teams that had already clinched already the playoff clinched by. playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> so they're like, all right, you're sitting. Yeah, it's so dumb. It's like fire up RG three. <laughs> I think she did, didn't she? Yeah, and he did well. I think uh, if I can, if I recall correctly. So, yeah. Interesting stuff for for Kittle though. I'm I feel bad for Kittle, man. I feel bad for Kittle. Uh, I think that you know he he's he's arguably, if not the best, the second best tight end. Um, so you know, being one of the two best tight ends in the league to have that, and and you know, I say I say it all the time. I don't care what team you're on. I don't care if you're on a team that I hate. I hate seeing guys go down. It's it's horrible for the game. Like, I mean, look at all these big names. It's boring to watch football without big names like these guys. You know, you got people rolling people off the practice squad. You feel like you're watching a, a, a scrimmage game. You don't even feel like oh, you're yeah. watching a real game, you know? So it's it's pitiful when all these guys get injured. I, I really hope all these guys get back soon. Yeah, 49ers looking at about 80 million sitting on IR right now for, for yearly, yearly cap space. So it's been a rough one for us. But coming back to inept fantasy football league managers that is a great segue into the Foose's clues question of the week here what we want to talk about is we want to talk about some unwritten rules of fantasy football starting with the commissioner changing rules mid-season now for the uninitiated uh, we are all three in a lead together and my, my boy, the snowman, decided to change rules midseason. So before I even ask any questions, let me hear you defend yourself. What, what were you what are you thinking changing rules midseason here? Sorry, I don't uh, respond to uh, stupid people. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just here so I don't get fined. That's that's all I got to say. No, uh, no. Yahoo is been fucking up this year quite bad with their with their app i don't know what's going on with their platform but it happened to me earlier this year when i traded obj for james robinson and it happened to where it was supposed to process in two days and it processed i made the trade it was accepted on wednesday and it was supposed to process or excuse me i accepted on thursday it was supposed to process saturday which means i should have had him to play on sunday it didn't happen I ended up getting screwed, and he didn't end up on my roster until Tuesday. So it, it I don't know what happened with the whole processing thing with Yahoo, but it, it's typically you're supposed to process, and after the processing period, you should have access to that person absolutely immediately. And for some reason, it just hasn't happened this year. So to answer, so to answer your question, Foose, so, and to give everybody some backstory here, what Snowman did on Sunday morning is he changed the waiting period for vetoes in the league from a two-day veto period into a one-day veto period. And it happened in my other league, actually, coincidentally, right before that, where a trade was supposed to process and it didn't process. So the commissioner then had to push it through because it, it was supposed to go through. Same thing happened in our league. And it, it seems to be pretty common with the Yahoo platform where, say, you make a trade on a Wednesday, uh, a Wednesday morning, for instance, at let's call it eight o'clock in the morning. And you would expect by Friday morning at 8 a.m., 
48 hours has passed, the trade should be processed, right? But I think what happens with the platform is it doesn't count the day of the trade at all. And it starts the clock the next day. So that whole first day is a complete wash. It's a waste. So then you might as well make trades the day before, you know, before midnight. So that way it counts that day as being a day the next day. Um, so it gets confusing. But with with what we do in my other league is anything that gets changed mid-season by a commissioner is always put up to a vote and league majority rules and we'll change it if the league says hey let's let this make sense let's do this so we actually just did that with covid people were you know bitching and complaining saying hey we need more ir spots we need more bench spots you know let's add more so we put it up to the league and the league decided that we didn't nobody wanted to change or the majority didn't want to change anything they just wanted to leave it as is um so you know, that's kind of the unwritten rule is that that's kind of the way it should be done. In this case, uh, as as you and I and, and the snowman here know, is uh, to get anybody to vote on anything in our league is damn near impossible. So I think snowman and I'm just going out on a, on a, on a leap here of, of faith. But uh, I, I, I imagine what was going through his head is none of these fucking assholes are going to answer me when I ask them what they want to do. So I'm just going to make a judgment call as the commissioner and do it. I think I, th- I think this is a classic case of absolute power corrupts absolute dictatorship. He is the I call him snowman Ju- snowman Oon. I mean snowman Putin over here. <laughs> I, I got I got about as much uh, as much representation in this democracy as uh, as my my comrades in Russia do. <laughs> I mean, sorry, sorry. I mean, if you're in first place and the commissioner, I mean. You, you can dictate what happens and if you're in ninth place and just kind of just sitting there like a like you're a retard then well well better luck next year <laughs> must be nice must be nice so let's uh let's talk a little bit more about unwritten rules so that that seems like it's a pretty well established unwritten rule uh that, that shouldn't be violated are there other unwritten rules in, in fantasy football and the one that comes to mind is is one that was demonstrated in the league where one of the players uh, at the last minute went through and picked up and dropped all of the free agents so that everyone would be on waivers and not be able to be picked up immediately by anyone uh, when they needed him for a game. Is that, uh, are, are things like that real in fantasy football? Are those, uh, are those real unwritten rules or is that just for the TV show? I, I who, haven't. Who, who did that? I, I missed that. So that's, that's what happened. So somebody went through and picked up like all the top people on waiver wire like Sunday morning and then then immediately dropped them. Yeah, this was in the TV show, so that's why I'm asking. Oh, in the TV show. I'm not show. sure if it actually happened. Got it. In the TV show The League. You guys have watched this, I have, right? I have. So Right, where so, so he, it, he went he went and picked up all of the players and then dropped them and when you have a player and drop them then they need to go through the correct, waiver process correct. yeah so, so that essentially he churned the free agents so that none of them were able to be picked up immediately. correct i have done this uh as a strategy 100 <laughs> uh, percent. but i haven't done it with like multiple people but like if i see like a, a top quarterback out there who i'm like oh i don't want this guy to have that guy i might drop a player like right before the game starts to pick that guy up and then drop that player for another player I actually needed. And I don't care about those other two players. Because what happens is 
the guy you drop, that guy now has to go through a waiver period also. So you're not going to be able to immediately, like, you can't have, like, you know, say Aaron Rodgers, drop Aaron Rodgers for, you know, the top quarterback that week and then pluck him back and bring Aaron Aaron Rodgers back to your team before anybody can pick him up. It doesn't work that way. It has to go through a waiver process. Um, but I have done that as a strategy, 100%, for sure. I haven't done it with multiple people because then you'd have to drop everybody on your bench. Yeah. So you could do that as a strategy if you got, like, one or two guys that you're like, I don't really care about this guy anymore if he's on my squad or not. Like I'll, I'll fuck around with these two guys and mess with somebody so that they can't do this. Like a hundred percent. That's a great strategy. I mean, maybe this person in, in, in the show and maybe a good strategy would be to do it championship week when they may need one person and you don't really care who you pick up and drop because there is no next week yep. and you're in the finals. So I'm taking this note down here and uh, <laughs> when I meet Bryduck in the finals, we'll, we'll settle it then. <laughs> Shit, my team sucks in our league, bro. I'll be shocked if I make it to the playoffs at this point. All's fair in love and fantasy football, huh? Exactly. Right. I, I see where you gentlemen are at and I'm taking note as well. And that is going to do it for this week's segment of Foo's Clues. Back to you guys. Thank you, Foos, as always, always a pleasure, even though you force me to drink more and often. Uh, I appreciate you always coming on, and uh, obviously it's it's good talk, but before we jump into the rest of, of our episode here, let's just uh, take a nice little pause and listen to our sponsors. If you're looking to add to your sports memorabilia collection, do yourselves a favor and check out the best in the business, Bay Breakers. They'll give you a chance to win full-size football helmets signed by some of your favorite players. I've already added some fire helmets to my collection, and you can too. Just follow Bay Breakers on Facebook and get in the game. All right. Thank you, Bay Breakers. Thank you for, for always, again, for the sponsorship as well as just dropping those sick lids. So make sure you go check them out, Bay Breakers, on Facebook, everyone. Uh, I know Bryduck has has a couple good ones. Uh, he can definitely, if you need any help, hit us up. We'll be able to steer you guys in the right direction. But going going further uh, into it, let's let's go into uh, Thursday night football. Let's go over some buys uh, for for this week coming up. We got Philly. Not that anyone over there really matters. Uh, you have the the Rams, Cleveland, and Cincinnati. I know quite a quite a bit of Cincinnati wide receivers that. Uh, are definitely hurting with Boyd as well as T. Higgins being out. And, of course, maybe that gives some room for Joe Mixon to bounce back. But going into Thursday night football, we talked a little bit, Bryduck, about Aaron Jones and, of course, all the injuries that the Niners have. But, I mean, typically Green Bay versus the Niners, this was this was going into the season. This was one to, to circle for Thursday night football because of – both teams just being great teams in the NFC. And unfortunately with the Niners injuries, I don't know if Mullins is going to be able to do it, but who are you looking out for in this game? Right up. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm definitely looking out to see if Aaron Jones is playing first of all. Um, But then aside from that, really, 
you know, you've got Ayuk who who had a great game last week. Uh, put up some some really good production there. You've got Devontae Adams, who's you know got 502 yards receiving this year and seven touchdowns. Um, so I think those are probably your, your main guys. And then of course Aaron Rodgers, who's been having a, a great season. He's nearing 2,000 yards passing already. Uh, he's yeah. already he's already got 20 touchdowns on the season. Um, so Aaron Rodgers is looking really really good this year, and I think primarily those are going to be your guys that you're looking for across the board um because the Niners are just decimated by injury and there's really nothing left yeah I'm interested to see uh I swooped up Lazard right before he got on IR and he's supposed to be back this week so I don't know if he's going to be able to come back and be someone that I could have on my bench as a depth wide receiver to end up having uh but again Aaron Jones that's killing me two weeks in a row uh, that that I've lost with him being out both weeks. So definitely killing me with, with Aaron Jones constantly being out. So hopefully hopefully he's back. But, I mean, Dalvin Cook put up 48-plus points. Oh, my God. And my wife had him on her bench. That's what happens when you get drunk on Halloween, folks. <laughs> Here's a disclaimer right here. Here's the disclaimer. <laughs> Don't get drunk on Halloween and forget to set up your lineup because my wife woke up and it was eight minutes past the time when she needed to be awake to uh, set her lineup. And she said, oh, shit, I forgot to set my lineup up. And I was like, ah, crap, let me look at it. And she gives it to me and I was like, oh, my gosh, you have Cook on the bench and he already has 20 points. And this was like right when the game started. I was like, he's going to have a monster day. And I think she still ended up pulling off the win, though. I know, I know. So uh, I, I definitely think, I definitely think it should be very interesting to, to see how that. And unfortunately, forty-eight points almost would have beat the Foose's lineup last week. His team was so bad. <laughs> did, did he? Did he ever crack fifty-seven? He he ended up he cracked it. He got sixty-five thanks oh, to Mike Evans. Oh, if there was no Mike Evans, oh the touchdown uh, there. The touchdown right there, he ended up with 65. Uh, Mike Evans had 17 points. So if Dude, without my, that... my Patty Mahomes almost beats him. Yeah, oh, exactly. Man. Oh, man. exactly. Poor guy. Poor guy. Poor guy. Poor guy. That's, poor f- that's poor why. Poor Foose. I've been trying to offer this man gold trades. He just refuses to listen, and he just sits by his, his team as they crumble, as they crumble to the ground into second to last place. <laughs> I, 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 tr- I tried as well. I, tr- I tried to, to do one today with him. I tried to give him Josh Allen to help him out uh, to, with his shitty quarterback situation, and he just he wouldn't take it. He, he wouldn't take it. He offered you back some scrub that was on the waiver wires you wouldn't pick up? No, he just he, he obviously wanted uh, – he was like, well, can you sweeten the pot a little bit here and, and add, add more people? And it's just like, dude, I'm giving you Josh Allen over here. And number asking, three, number three player in all of fantasy football right now, and and I'm offering you him for one person, and I was trying to offer for Chris Carson, and he Ooh, has Joe why Mixon. would he not do that, Chris Carson? You don't know when he's coming back, man. That's and, a gamble. And that's what. That's, that's what a I gamble. Told him. He was I, like, uh, so I had a I had a buddy who hit me up yesterday with a trade offer for uh, Aaron Jones. Uh, leading back into our discussion here on on Green Bay versus SF. And this guy sends him a trade. He offers him Josh Jacobs, Amari Cooper, and Melvin Gordon for Aaron Jones. And I was like, 
see if you can get rid of Melvin Gordon and go after the guy had Todd Gurley. I was like, see if you could throw Todd Gurley in there because Todd Gurley's having a monster season and yeah. see if he'll take it. So he, he countered him and the guy never responded. And then this morning uh, I hit him up when I saw more news on Aaron Jones and I was like, hey, man, I hope you took that trade because I don't think Aaron Jones is going to be playing this week. And he's like, no, the dude canceled the trade. So... That goes to show you folks that when a trade offer comes in, you can't just sit on those offers, man, because people second guess themselves and, you know, a sweet deal that you're like, damn it, I should have taken that will slip out of your fingers and you'll be kicking yourself down the road. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know the Foose walked away, so he'll definitely have to, to listen to this episode and, and maybe rethink his decision here. But uh, going into Sunday games over here. We got some good ones. We got Seattle versus Buffalo. We have Baltimore versus Indy. And the Sunday night game is a good one. New Orleans versus Tampa Bay. But going into into Seattle, you have Russell Wilson versus Josh Allen. I mean... That's going to be an awesome game to watch from that standpoint. But Josh Allen needs to step the fuck up. He has had a few quiet weeks here in a row. And, two weeks in a row yep and i mean I, I swear i think it's that that curse of the covid man like when a team has to have their games moved around i just feel like they haven't gotten back into rhythm since that all occurred um i don't know why it threw them so so off but it doesn't seem like they've been able to you know catch catch back up to where they were good thing is is though uh for you know some of the other players like stefan diggs he hasn't taken you know a dip in his production his numbers have still been really good um you've got dk metcalf who just looks like the reincarnation of terrell owens the man is just ridiculous man except uh i I love dk metcalf man i I don't know if to would have ran down anyone like dk oh hell no are you kidding me he would have shown that he would have he would have pulled a card out of uh deon sanders book and and did the yolo lay and been like hey that's a that was a business decision right there (laughs) (laughs) dk metcalf man i can't the guy is a monster among human beings he is a freak and i i can't believe he dropped so far seattle struck gold with him and have him for cheap yep exactly (laughs) he's a stud you got chris carson who we already talked about it tyler lockett's having another good year uh zach moss uh coming coming back and doing some good things for buffalo this last week so there's there's a lot of fantasy players alone in this game that are just starters on people's rosters that it's just going to be an interesting all-around game to watch now on on the flip side of that talking about two offenses that are are doing really good now you go to two defenses with baltimore versus indianapolis two of i mean you're talking about indianapolis uh pittsburgh and baltimore being the top fantasy defenses this year that are putting up 15 points sometimes 18 points Indianapolis put up 26 points one week. I mean, they are they are putting up some ridiculous numbers here. So I'm I'm interested. Do you think Lamar Jackson is going to be able to kind of get out of his struggles and be able to put up some passing yards? I don't know, man. Like I I go and look at Lamar Jackson's numbers because 
I've been looking at people to make trade offers too because I have in one league right now I have Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and I'm like I don't need two quarterbacks leading into the end of this season so I'm trying to sell off Josh Allen because obviously I'm going to keep Patrick Mahomes there out of the two and I'm finding I'm looking at Lamar Jackson the guy who has Lamar Jackson as quarterback and I'm like yeah you have Lamar Jackson like he should be a lot better than what he is but he's just not really getting there so I mean, with Lamar Jackson, I just feel like it's already been half the season. If he was going to be what he was last year, he'd already be there. Yeah. Um, you know, we said give give teams the first quarter of the season, those first four weeks to kind of get reacclimated. We're well past that, guys. I mean, I think the year that you saw Lamar Jackson had last year is kind of like the year RG3 had that one year. And then after that, he just never was able to replicate that same type of production. Um, so I'm not saying that that's going to be Lamar Jackson's future, but I'm just saying that right now he just hasn't shown to be what he was last year to me. I mean, I've, I've I watch always, the games and he looks like he's just struggling. I've I've always look, said it as well, and that we talked about it again. Uh, I I think it, it that first year is a strong year. That second year is a slump. It's that third year that you really got to watch out for to, to see. It's that third year to see what type of improvements. Now he's also in a Greg Roman offense that is predicated on controlling the game clock, running the ball. I mean, they run the ball thirty five. 40 times a game with with Lamar Jackson and they're not necessarily giving him a ton to to work with as well and I mean we'll we'll see I I I, I'm not ready to to give up but if I had Lamar Jackson as my quarterback he'd be my bench quarterback I I would have already traded for him using his name alone or picking up someone like Justin Herbert or yeah someone like that who is who's starting to tear it up that is uh, a person that you could have easily got off the waivers and is performing better than a Lamar Jackson. A hundred percent. Yeah. Lamar Jackson, again, I go and look at his numbers and they're, he's still getting into that 20 range on a week in week out basis, but that's not really, you drafted him high. If you drafted yeah. Lamar Jackson, if he's on your team, you took him high third, fourth round, probably. Yeah. Um, so for a guy to only be putting up 18 to 20 points a week as your starting quarterback that you took in the third, fourth round, you're pissed. Um, so it's a Kenyon Drake. Yeah, exactly. It's like the equivalent, right? <laughs> You're like, what the fuck, man? Uh, I need some 35-point games out of you. Why aren't? Why can't you be Patrick Mahomes? Um, Serious. I mean, with Lamar Jackson right now, I, I agree. Sell high, sell on name, and try to go get you know a couple assets out of it. Go try to go get a running back and a wide receiver out of it from somebody who needs a quarterback who when they see Lamar Jackson hit their inbox they're going to be like accept because they need it. <laughs> I mean, it, it definitely happens. I see first uh, throwing up his hand here. He's like sell me Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he's 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 wanting it. Uh again, maybe he'll rethink uh, the the Josh Allen, but do you trade Lamar Jackson for Josh Allen? Absolutely. Yeah, I would. Yeah, 100%. You have to. I mean, Josh Allen's the number three fantasy player in all of fantasy right now. Yeah, player in general. In general. He's third ranked overall. I mean, you'd have to take that trade. Two disappointing weeks. uh, You're betting that he's going to bounce back to where he was before, or is this the true Josh Allen? I mean, I always look at when I'm making a trade like that, 
what their sketch and I'm going to let you guys in on another little secret here. So get your, your notepad out. Uh, when I make trades like this, especially big trades like this that are going to be, you know, very impacting to your team. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up that, that player's, uh, uh, schedule and I'm going to see who they're playing against come playoff time. And do I want to face those three teams when it comes playoffs? So our playoffs, for instance, run, what, week 14, 15, 16? Yeah. So you, so you got Josh Allen going up against Pittsburgh. Don't like that. Then he goes Tough. up against Denver. Don't really like that. Then he goes I up mean. against New England. I absolutely don't like that. So for Josh Allen, come playoff time, you're gonna be hurting if if that's who you're you're you know counting him to go off against. Uh, then you've got Lamar Jackson. So let's pull up his his schedule here uh, here on the fly, and you've got Lamar Jackson going up against Cleveland. They've been decent. They've got a really good front seven. Um, so that that's not a very favorable matchup, but more favorable for sure than Jacksonville and the Giants. So looking at this, personally, I'm keeping Lamar Jackson if I'm a Lamar Jackson owner based off of knowing who he's going to be going up against come playoff time. That's a super that's a super cush schedule right there. Jacksonville and then the Giants. Ooh, that's... The Giants in the championship. If you make it to the championship, you got Lamar Jackson going up against the Giants. That's that's yeah, no, that's beautiful. That's that's definitely definitely a good one. And again, yeah, no two two people. You got Lamar Jackson off name alone MVP having a struggling year versus Josh Allen who's struggled the last two weeks. And let's see if that offense can can get rolling. As but well. on the surface. On the surface, just to, to double back there also on the surface, if you're struggling and you might not even make playoffs and you need somebody who's going to get you there and Josh Allen in the meantime is going to be more productive, you got to look at that too. Um, but if you're well ahead in your league and like you're, you know, top three teams in the league and you know you're pretty much going to make it there and you have Lamar Jackson at quarterback, hold on to him. Yeah, I mean, that's actually a good point as well because obviously if you, if you are trying to avoid that punishment – and and you're coming close uh obviously if if you're tinkering around the the midpoint even the top top five in a 10 person leave or even the top six you should be okay but you never know going into um going into monday night football uh i this is garbage i mean new england versus the jets now bryduck i know you're not in survivor league anymore should I should I take a little risk here and do New England, or should I stick to my Pittsburgh guns that I'm I'm looking right now? Oh man, I'm not touching New England with a twenty foot pole. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not touching them. I mean, since Cam came back from COVID, he just hasn't looked the same. The guy's barely you know breaking a hundred yards passing each week. You know, so I think with uh, with New England, if you listen to Bill Belichick's. Uh, interview this morning when they were kind of talking to him about the struggles they've had and things like that. Did you hear what he was saying? He's yeah. like, he's like, we've in the past five years gone to three Super Bowls, you know, division championships five years in a row. Like we're, we, we lost some players. We've got to rebuild. Like, what do you guys think? What do you, what did you expect to happen? You know? Yeah. So I know a lot of people were kind of anticipating them to do a little bit of an unload today before trade deadline hit uh, or on, on a Tuesday before trade deadline hit. But I mean, it's, it's 
they weren't going to get rid of big pieces that next year aren't going to count against the books too heavily. Um, yeah, and they still sure. need pieces to build around. You know, yeah. this isn't, I think, I think for the, the Patriots, they're never going to be the type of be- team that's going to completely break it down and rebuild it. They're always going to be more of the reload team. You know, a few pieces here, a few pieces there. Let's make it work, you know, um, with good coaching. Cause that's, you know, that's pretty much how they've always gotten it done. It's always a bunch yeah. of no-name wide receivers and a bunch of no-name players, but then again, they've had Brady for the last you know twenty years. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see the next two to three years of what Belichick's able to pull off over there. Um, but if he somehow pulls off getting Trevor Lawrence in the draft next year, oh man, they're going to have Stupid. another. They're going to have another twenty years. Stupid. Another Stupid. twenty-year run. I don't, I don't even want to think about that. Going into uh, our, our studs and duds, Bryduck. Why don't you uh, break it down for who who was the winner last week, my man? Guys, I want to break the news to you that Snow in week eight finally hit the win column. Yep, he's in, guys. Ring the bell. Yeah, ring it, ring it. I'm 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 just like my Broncos. I'm on a roll. One, four, and three, everyone. One, four, and three. I am on a roll. I'm looking like I'm the Eagles right now. <laughs> He's I'm on a winning on, streak. I, I'm on a on a winning streak. It's been since week. I'm, I'm looking back at this week five since Bryduck has had a win. So yeah, yeah I, I know it's been rough. It's been a rough go, but I, I reevaluated my formula here. I reevaluated how I was selecting my players. Um, going back to the analytics of what worked early on in the season and the positions I was choosing when it was working for me. That's where I'm going with it, and uh, we'll lead straight in here with uh, with some duds. So and uh, we'll find out next week if Bryduck actually has math skills. So the, n- everybody knows that I don't. That's just a given. <laughs> <laughs> Drink your muscle milk. Yeah. <laughs> jumping into this, jumping into the duds here. Jumping into the duds. So my first dud of the week is going to be Stefan Diggs. So Stefan Diggs is projected to put up 18.87 points against the Seahawks. Um, I think the Seahawks are, are, are right in the midst of, changing it around on defense they've looked a hell of a lot better than they did early on in the season uh getting a little bit more you know used to what we're seeing in terms of you know blitzing heavily and and things of that nature and josh allen just hasn't looked good so i'm going to this is more of a a a shot at josh allen because if Josh Allen doesn't do well. Well, guess what? Stefan Diggs doesn't do well. So yeah. I think if Josh Allen can't turn it around this week, Diggs is clearly going to take a hit there. Um, so Diggs, uh, I have red flags against, and he is my first dead of the week. Number two, go. dead of the week, I'm going to have Adam Thielen. So Actually, this is a good one, bro. I, I thought about having Adam Thielen on here. This is a good pick. I like this. Yeah, Adam Thielen, I mean... Let's face it. They've got Kirk Cousins. And 
They are very hit and miss with who is productive on that team week to week, whether it's going to be Justin Jefferson, whether it's going to be Adam Thielen. It's never going to be the both of them, it seems like. It's always going to be schemed one way or the other. Um, So you kind of have to look at the opponent you're going against, look at the corners that those wide receivers are going to be going against, and figure out who's going to have the bigger day that day. And uh, I I think Adam Thielen's in for a, a tough day um, going up, going up against a division rival over there in the Lions. Num- I, I gotta say something here, and I don't know if the the Foose kind of remembers this, but we had a discussion. I don't know if it was this going into this season or if it was last season, but the Foose had said that Kyle Rudolph was going to be a 100 reception target for Kirk Cousins, and that he was going to be a relevant tight end. And I wish I still had that text thread that we talked about that he was actually going to be a good tight end for Kirk Cousins. This, Like I said, this could have been two years ago, uh, but it was definitely something that I remember and it wasn't one of our drunken nights that we were just rambling and s- promising each other's first kids' names and, and all types of shit that we've done in our past. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I, I still have the rankings up right now. I still have the rankings up right now for, for the tight ends preseason. And Rudolph was not on my list at all. I'm not saying I'm not saying he was on your list. I'm saying we had a conversation in the offseason about it that he you swore that he was going to this year with everything he was gonna be a hundred yard, a hundred reception wide receiver. So that that feels like some fantasy football BS right there. No. Nah. No, you know your boy. You know your boy. Who's your Who's your third dud, bruh? Third dud of the week is going to be Chase Edmonds. So I know he's going to get the lion's share of the carries. I know he's going to get the workload. But hear me out, guys. Miami Dolphins. In years past, you might laugh at me thinking that anybody would be a dud going up against the Dolphins. The Dolphins' defense right now is super underrated. They're a top seven defense ranked number seven in the nfl right now and they are shutting people down the dolphins look good they bring in Tua last week and that defense stepped up they took it up a notch and i watched that game because i wanted to see what Tua could do and that defense i mean from the week prior you can tell that they knew that they had to kind of bring the intensity up a notch with a quarter with a rookie quarterback coming in for his you know first game ever and that defense kicked ass last week so the miami dolphins i think are are making a a a point right now to prove to the nfl that they are a hell of a lot better of a team than they're getting credit for um and they were good with with fitzpatrick before they decided to bring in Tua. so you know now that Tua is in there it brings a little bit of a different wrinkle to the offense i think the dolphins are are a heck of a lot more competitive of a team than people are giving them credit for and i think chase edmonds is going to have a really really tough time getting up to 18.57 points this week yeah no i I completely agree and i mean i was kind of kind of crazy here that i don't know it was just nuts that you would think that of all teams the dolphins uh, with my Fresno uh, group chat with my friends, we got New England fans, we have Niner fans, uh, and we were talking and just saying, wow, who would have thought at this point in the season that the Raiders would be 4-3 and three, and the Dolphins would be 4-3 and three, and they would be better than the Niners 
or even the and, Patriots. And the Browns are five and three. And the, it's, I mean, this just marks what 2020 has been about. It's <laughs> just been a very weird year. Just think of something else. But uh, no, those are some great duds. Uh, and I also thought about Chase Edmonds as well. Uh, going into my duds, uh, I actually started with Zeke. Now, I know a lot of people are probably thinking, oh, shit, Zeke, whatever. Like, yeah, it's Zeke, it's Zeke. Well, if you're watching the same game that I watched the last two weeks, since Dak has gone down, uh, Zeke has struggled to get anything going because everything is stacked in the box because you have shitty-ass Danucci or you're going to have some practice squad quarterback be your starting quarterback this week. And Zeke looks much better than anything when Dak is playing and everything is going to do it. And uh, the Foose just asked a question here. Dalton is not healthy. He's on the COVID list, so he is not going to be able to play. So it's either going to be Danucci or they're talking about bringing up a practice squad quarterback to start right off the practice squad. So I have no clue. And you saw this last game with, with them playing Philly. They were having to do end arounds with CeeDee Lamb, with Cedric Wilson. Gallup was getting in the mix. They had to do a lot of different stuff to try to gain any type of yards. And none of that was with Zeke. And he struggled. And he's he's looking to have 16.13 points. I just think against Pittsburgh, which you're going against the top defense in the NFL, that is very strong up the middle there. I, I just it's going to be tough to get those yards there. Uh, and going into again, I am looking at my second dud being Amari Cooper, doubling uh, down on the Cowboys, doubling down on the shitty ass mm. garbage Cowboys. So <laughs> uh, I I'm going with that again. Uh, if you watch the game, you had. You had uh, Gallup, you had Lamb, you had Schultz. They all out-targeted uh, Amari Cooper. I think Amari Cooper finished with like five, one point something points. He he had one reception. He had four targets. I think Gallup had twelve. Lamb had eight. Schultz had seven. So I mean, there was no Amari Cooper at all. And yeah, I mean, the thing about Cooper coming from the Raiders when we had our down seasons. When the team is losing, that dude completely checks out. Like a hundred percent checks out. Like you can tell by his he's not he's not blocking anybody, he's not running his routes, he's not going out and trying to make catches, you know, that are contested. He just doesn't give a shit when the team's losing. The guy really doesn't have like a, a true passion for football. So when they're losing the way that they are, I feel like Amari Cooper just becomes completely, uh, you know, just disappears on the team. A- absolutely. Absolutely. He- he's definitely one to one to watch out for. And yes, I'm doubling down on the shitty ass Cowboys right now because they just they look like they have no fight in them. And they're not even halfway. As soon as Dak went down, it just kind of looked like they were starting to to crumble. Foose, I uh, see you laughing over there at my Cooper take, uh, but don't you worry, you will get two or three more trade offers with Cooper involved. He's he's a he's a good wide receiver. He's got dropitis, but I mean, he's a good wide receiver uh, with Dak. But with uh, Andy Dalton, you know, with mediocre quarterbacks, they they're he's just not going to shine with them. He's just yeah. Not. He's, yeah, he's no, not, I mean, he's it, not the type of player that's going to be a transcendent talent. He is good with a good quarterback. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. 
He's a play. He's a playmaker with a guy who can get him out and get and him the ball. Make plays. Yeah, exactly. And Danucci's not that guy. And Andy Dalton, the week he was in, proved he wasn't that guy. Um, I'm actually shocked the Cowboys and and you know I was just thinking about this when I was watching you know the trade deadline come coming to a close there. I mean I was like how crazy would it be if the Cowboys went out and traded for like a Matt Ryan, you know? Because Matt Ryan's likely done in Atlanta. Um, this is probably his last season there. So why not make Atlanta an offer and be more competitive this year? You know? Absolutely, absolutely. And going into going into my last. Uh, my last dud of the of the week uh, we have mark andrews uh now again tight end that that looks like he's gonna be uh doing good and name alone a lot of people are excited but mark andrews is a very tight end or excuse me touchdown dependent type of fantasy week by week he's a very boomer bust he's only seen about three maybe four targets a game and he gets his points in the red zone for a touchdown and going up against Indianapolis, who is actually the second uh, best team or excuse me is, has the most fantasy points this year as, as a defense, Indianapolis is very, very tough. And they're actually one of the top defenses in the league as well. I just, I think it's going to be very rough, rough day. Now going into our, our duds here, Bryduck, who do you have as your or excuse me, your studs, your studs. My, yeah, we're we're going into our studs of the week, guys. So my number one stud of the week. Stick with me here, guys. Cam Newton. I know I was talking shit about him earlier, but he's going against the sorry ass Jets, and the Jets are letting up the most points to opposing quarterbacks in the entire NFL right now. So Cam Newton only projected to put up twenty three point two eight points against the sorry ass Jets. I fire up Cam Newton in the lineup to go stud. Next up, you've got Hunter Henry, tight end for the Los Angeles Chargers, only projected to put up 11.43 points. And who do I love picking tight ends going up against, guys? The Raiders. Come on. Come on. Get with me here. Hunter Henry going up against the Raiders, only projected to put up 11.43 points when the Raiders – you know, except for last week, an anomaly with crazy weather in Cleveland. Um, you know, Hunter Henry, I, I, I think will probably have a, a much better day than the tight ends did against uh, with the Browns. Um, you always talk about quarterbacks and tight ends against the Raiders. You always just bring up someone. So, how do you expect me to? The, come the, on. Those are the two to go with. <laughs> One of those two positions is going to go off for sure. Uh, tight ends, though, you know, against the Raiders, that's just always been our Achilles heel. So that's usually who I'm going to go with is, is is a tight end of some form or fashion going against the Raiders. James Conner, third stud of the week, going up against the sorry-ass Cowboys defense that has let up record numbers of, I mean, you name it, every Everything. category. Uh, they are just, they're, they've literally made records of being the worst defense in the first seven games of any defense ever in NFL history. So Mike Nolan still employed after all of that, still scratching my head how, um, but James Conner, I anticipate, takes full advantage of that. I think Pitt jumps out to an early lead and it just becomes the James Conner show after that. And the fact that he's only projected to put up 15.8 points, I think is is laughable. I think he's going to go well above that. So those yeah, are my no. three studs of the week. Perfect. 
Perfect. Going into my my studs, my first one, James Conner as well. I know we talked about it. It was just too hard to to be able to take him off. We both agree that going against the shitty ass uh, Dallas defense, that it's just gonna he's gonna eat. Uh, so no no need to talk about that even more. Philip Lindsay is my next one. Now I know a lot of people. My Broncos are rolling. People, stop stop giving <laughs> me that look. He's projected to have eight point five eight points. And I don't know if you know this, but the Broncos are six and zero when Philip Lindsay has a hundred plus yards on the ground. How many times and has he done that in his career? He's done that seven six times. times in his career. <laughs> <laughs> so, so essentially, every time he's ever done that, they've won. Man, I just I just looked up the stat. I haven't haven't had time to verify it. Don't were, try to fact check me. You weren't ready for the rebuttal here. No, no, absolutely not. No, but it it is it is legit. Uh, uh, he he definitely they are six and zero when he's hundred plus yards on the ground. So uh, so you're thinking Lindsey is taking over the role over Gordon. You're a, you're a Broncos fan. I mean, what makes you think that? Watching those games, what's making you key in on the offense shifting to Lindsey taking over versus Gordon continuing to take take you know that lead of that workhorse running back. Well, it's just more of Philip Lindsay's more explosive in that offense. Uh, Gordon has had some fumbles as of late as well as some key drops and some penalties. He's kind of just struggled all year long with just kind of making mental mistakes. And he has four fumbles lost this year. So I think the they're finally starting to shift. Now, I'm not saying that Philip Lindsay's is going to take over and they're going to split carries with Melvin Gordon had eight last week and with um with Philip Lindsay having excuse me Philip Lindsay had eight Melvin Gordon had 10 touches or carries last week but with those numbers Philip Lindsay has been a little bit more impressive and I just know that in camp and everything they love Philip Lindsay out there in Denver and I know Vic Fangio met with the OC uh, behind doors this week and had said that something has to change offensively. And this last week, they got Lindsey a little bit more involved and things looked a little bit more different in the second half when Lindsey was starting to, to get the ball a little bit more. So I just think that 8.58 points is kind of low anyways uh, for a guy who like Lindsey who typically gets about 11 to 12 points or 10 to 12 points. But we'll, we'll see, obviously, if, if that pays off or not. Uh, but going into my last one, uh, I got Damien Harris uh, with the Patriots over here is supposed to have 8.29 points against the New York Jets. Now, uh, Harris is not a PPR back by any means. Uh, he's never been involved. They, they have James White for that. But Harris is going to get the ball and he's going to carry the ball 15 times. They, they definitely love to run him and love to run and Burke Burkhead no one's carrying the ball besides Harris and I think when New England is playing behind and they're having trouble and they need a running back out of the backfield for the passing game Harris is not going to look good at all but for games like the Jets where they should be able to control the field and be able to have a nice lead where they're going to be running the ball Harris is going to be touching the ball quite a bit so again, 8.29 points for a starting running back. I just think again is just something that, well, he, he's he's been able to do it. So we'll see both ris- risky picks with Harris and Lindsey 
for sure. It's either going to be a boom or bust week for me. That's for sure. I like it. I like it. I think uh, this will be a win for me in the win column this week. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. We'll, we'll see if Bryduck can get onto it. But I just finished my beer for the episode. It's been a long episode. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, of course. But Bryduck, hit us up with those closing remarks. Yeah, guys, thanks again, uh, as always, for for listening. And if you're on social media, Instagram and YouTube, follow us at FantasyFootballBS on Twitter at FantasyFBBS. Make sure that you guys are following us uh, on our social media platforms because that's where you're going to see a lot of our updates throughout the week. Uh, We're always dropping breaking news, so make sure you guys are following us. Uh, Listen to us on any of the podcast platforms at FantasyFootballBS. Next episode, we'll be bringing back Foose's Clues with the injuries... Uh, injury report segment also with the q a of the uh, the week there and then going over our studs and duds of the week and uh you know anything else that's relevant for us to cover in the next episode so make sure you guys are tuning in there uh as always thank you to all of our sponsors air care heating and cooling and the bay breakers air care heating and cooling you can reach them at 408 408- 809-7350 or visit them at www.aircareheatandcool.com all right guys thanks a lot peace out the case just to the fact that i know what the end is not when it's coming so i'm running for the fences prolong what i can in my time